Hi, my name is Kate McGall. I am the CEO of Arclight Agile, a certified scrum trainer and coach, and I am passionate about supporting organizations on their journey to agility. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified advanced, oh, sorry, newly minted advanced certified scrum master and certified product owner. And today we are going to talk the Gallup state of the global workplace with our special guest star, Jeff. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Jeff Van Brunt, and uh, I am very passionate about employee engagement. And uh, I follow a lot of the information from Gallup as well as other companies. And I just recently in June uh, attended the uh, Gallup at Work Global Summit and picked up a bunch of information on the state of where things are uh, these days. So, okay. So we talked about this like, like almost a year ago, I guess we talked, we did a yep. podcast on the 2022 state of the global workplace. Now it's a year later, things feel a little different. You know, some of the big companies have shed employees. There's just this sort of sense out into the world that, you know, companies are trying to bring employees back into the office. Is that, is that the case or is that just the stories that we see in the media but there's the numbers tell a different story. What do you what what does Gallup say is the state of the global workplace? Yeah, uh, um, things have changed a little bit, uh, but uh, but some of the numbers are still where they were and kind of stagnant in terms of that. Um, like uh, you know, global engagement, so that's across the world, uh, has actually gone up one percentage point, right? So it's a, it was twenty two percent last year. This year we have 23% uh, of people engaged. One of the interesting things to me was that the biggest uh, rise in engagement actually helped happen in what Gallup calls the South Asia area with India growing by 7% in engagement. And I really don't know what they've done, but uh, that was a, a low uh, area that was really low and seven percentage points growing in a year is quite significant. Well, let's let's dial it back a second. When we say engagement, what are we right. really talking about here? Well, engagement is uh, as Gallup defines it, uh, and that would probably be helpful. <laughs> it is it, uh, employees that are engaged are invested and enthusiastic about their jobs, about their organizations. They are invested psychologically in what they do and in their organization and the culture that that they're working in. Uh, so that's that's Gallup's definition of engagement. They now call that, however, they call that employees who are thriving. Okay. Uh, that came about because uh, there's really a, a focus not only on just engagement, but on employee well-being. Um, so engaged employees are employees that are, are thriving at work. So by and large, 1% increase over last year. But particularly uh, huge in South Asia and specifically India, where they're right. way up, way up, and and actually South Asia is the highest in, in engaged employees in the world now. Used to be the United States; it's no longer the U.S. South Asia, because of that jump with India, is quite high now. So the what US, happened? I was going to say, what happened to the U.S. numbers? The U.S. is down another percentage point. Mm -hmm. So it's down to 31%. Um, and I, I, I asked myself, so so why is that? What's going on, right? 
I think part of it in the U.S. is leaders are still trying to figure out what the post-pandemic workplace looks like. Right. Um, yeah. You know, some of them are are demanding people to be back in the office. Employees are pushing back because they don't want to go back to the office. You know, there's still a lot to be figured out there. And then the the U.S. economy, I think, is having an effect on that too because people are 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 worried because there have been so many layoffs and things like that that I think that that goes into bringing that number down a little bit or keeping it stagnant at where it was. But that's um, also kind of an illusion. Like the U.S. economy is way up. Like compared with the rest of the world, yes, there were layoffs at, you know, Facebook and Twitter and a couple of big, like Microsoft Apple let some people. Google. Well, yeah. Apple, no, Apple didn't let anybody go. They did oh, not they? shed, they, they shed no employees. Some contractors a few, but not the hundreds okay. or thousands that the other ones did. Apple actually has not laid off anybody. Okay. Um, but but you've seen, so we see those stories and you always see the stories about the recession is coming, the recession is coming. Well, the right. recession has not come. And now it's just like, oh, that was kind of a weird mirage. But there's still this malaise, I think is what we called it in the 70s <laughs> under Carter. <laughs> um, for those of us that were there, um, I was a kid. Uh, but, you know, they're they're just people seem to think like, oh, this, this has got to happen, but it hasn't. And then you hear about these high profile layoffs, some of which were justified, some of which were not. And then people just have this sense, like maybe it is that the companies are like, no, 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 you're coming back five days a week. You're coming back three days a week. And people are like, no, I'm, I'm uh, I have a new life kind right. of out here right. in the world. Is that why we're just sort of we're in this weird tension with our, you know, between organizations and employees where it's just like, because yes, as, as, as a matter of, 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 of fact, Ryan, uh, th there's a large uh, over half percentage of employees that still think, even though there have been the layoffs and things, they still think that it's a great time to look for another job. Wow. And, and nine out of 10 employees that are working remote capable jobs are saying, look, if you demand me back in the office, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. So right. I'm curious on, on the numbers. So let's go back to the numbers because I'm curious how many of that percentage are falling in other categories. So if we've got 31% um, that are thriving, what's happening with the other 69%? And is that the people who are looking for jobs? To a certain extent, yes. Actually, no, that to very much so uh, because... So we've got the the what they're now calling the loud quitting group, which is the the disen what used to be called the disengaged employees, the, the ones that are not happy and they're actively acting out their unhappiness. Uh, that's that's grown to eighteen percent now. Um, so that that number has gone up over the last year another percentage point. Um, and then you have everybody in between and. Uh, Gallup is now calling them the quiet quitters, um, and the quiet among the quiet quitters, yeah, they're just, they're doing just enough. Um, they're they're talking about you know they're looking for work, but the, so the quiet quitters are often not going to be fully engaged, are are not right. fully engaged, and the, the 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 disengaged are obviously not fully engaged in what's going on. So it's that group, Kate, that if they're sitting there. Uh, and they're they're doing a remote capable job, and the boss says, "We need you back in the office full time." They're saying, "Yeah, they're they're part of the fifty seven percent that are saying, 
I'm going to look for a new job actively. Yeah. Because uh, th this is not acceptable to me anymore. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. And it, that's the thing that they talk about. CEOs, et cetera, that are demanding people back in the office full time, they have to realize that they are taking a risk. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. that it is a risk to demand that because they're going to lose people. Uh, and, you know, are they going to lose some of their stars? They they might. Yeah. Uh, and well, I know I, that. I'm sorry. I, I think that's an important thing that has to be thought about nowadays. Yeah. Well, it, it seemed like in Silicon Valley when particularly Elon Musk took over Twitter and he said, I can run this with a fraction of the people. And he just started cutting to the bone that there seemed to be, you would hear in the media and the press that people are like, yes, now we're going to seize back power from our employees. And we're going to, you know, we're, we, the CEOs can sort of grab that power back, but it's, they really can't in many ways. Like if people, because there's a lot of little firms or smaller firms who are fully into remote, who are happy to grab up great employees Absolutely. who want to work remotely all the time. Yeah. And so the competition is different because, you know, those remote employees, not even saying like they moved out of town, but they just want to be remote because like, I don't really want to go to Santa Monica or El Segundo. Where it's a two hour, it's a three hour turnaround every day. I, I'm happy fully remote. So it's worth me getting up early. You know, I work, I start working at like 6.30 or 7 those days, but it's worth it not to have to commute. So I think that that equation, like they they can't really grab everything back. Yeah, is like, that what we're seeing? I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, and Microsoft actually, I thought this was interesting. Microsoft did a study and they found that, the, that like 85% of the CEOs that are demanding full office again, are over the age of 50. Hmm. Ah. So they come from a different world. Yeah. And they're they're not as flexible. They're not they're not willing to uh, make those adjustments. That was a study that Microsoft did actually. So but they also invested heavily in infrastructure that's going unused. Right. Like they right. have business, they have office suites, they've got furniture, they've got computers, they've got all sorts of things that aren't getting used that they want to get people back. And they also, I think there's that sense in management that if I'm not watching you like a hawk, you're not productive or you're taking advantage of me. Sure. Well, and, and, and go ahead, Kate. No, I was just going to say, I think this also ties into one of the other trends, which is around sort of stress at work. Because if right. we're being forced to come, people are being forced to come back into work. They don't want to do that. We're now spending hours in the car where we don't have to. So as an employer, I'm losing work from you because you're spending right. 60 minutes plus a day in the car when you could be working. And right. as an individual, I'm now even more stressed because I've seen what the options are and I've seen how I can have a better balance by doing at least some of it remotely. Right. And the numbers support that. Uh, well over half of, of people are reporting they are stressed out daily. Mm -hmm. job. Daily. Wow. Half. 57%. That is high. And that number has been going up quite a bit. Uh, um, and then on top of that, you've got you've got a quarter of people who are saying they're just burned out. Right. The, the, yeah. the, and, and part of that is the, you know, 
not knowing what's going on, not having clear direction, all of that kind of stuff. That's that's those are not good healthy numbers. Yeah, uh, that's not a healthy situation. We talk about well-being, but we're not taking care of the well-being. Uh, well, with that. I let me play devil's advocate because I because I'm fully remote. But my coworkers in other locations are going back one or two or three days a week. And I get on these big conference calls with the whole department and I see certain people who now have FaceTime with management that I don't get. Right. So I'm not getting the FaceTime with management that I know coworkers are. I know they're going to lunch. I know they're sort of bonding. And I, that stresses me out because right. I'm missing out on professional opportunities or relationships that these people are able to cultivate. And there's sort of, with the company I'm working with right now, there's sort of a travel ban. So I was supposed to go and meet with people. And now that opportunity has been sort of ended. So like for me, that's stressful. Right. Like and, that, and, that, and Ryan, actually, the stress number is not much different than the, across the work locations. Oh, okay. There are, there are other reasons for the stress. Other reasons. Uh, I mean, in your case, that's one of the reasons, but th mm -hmm. but there are other things contributing to that stress and that that level of what's going on. And the, the it, I think the most interesting thing that came out of the summit this year, uh, and out of some of the data, is the how much effect managers have mm -hmm. on this engagement number and on the well-being of the employees. Unfortunately. The managers have this great effect, but they are, uh, I'm trying to look at the number. The managers are not getting formal or informal, any kind of training on how to manage this new work environment. So the managers are stressed out, tr trying to lead employees who are stressed out and burned out. And it's just a, it's a not a good situation for that. So one of the things is that <laughs> managers need to be, trained they need to be taught how to lead and how to manage in this new work environment <laughs> dealing with the the stresses uh and stuff because they have a major effect on the engagement uh of their their team members and on the well-being of their team members and if they don't know how to do that and they're stressed out then the whole thing kind of starts crumbling down yeah because i don't want to oh sorry kate no, i was just going to say sorry i think there were some interesting differences between the the um the thriving in just normal organizations as you as you would say rather than thriving in organizations that actually focus on it that on some of the top i can't remember what they call them top organizations to work in or something what it's Gallup's, uh, workplace excellence awards yeah uh, that they do annually and uh interestingly that the year before, I think there were 43 companies that met the criteria. There's a very specific criteria uh, that met the criteria. This year, there were 56. So more organizations were meeting that. But the thing is, with these organizations that are that are really putting an emphasis on these things, uh, I'm trying to see. We are seeing, or they're seeing, the median of the of Gallup's excellent companies. They're seeing like 70% engagement and only 1% disengagement. So huge, huge difference. The, the good news is that by focusing on engagement and doing things that 
foster engagement, foster connection to the culture of the company. They, you can see in, engagement go way, way up. And there's a dollar in cost involved with with people that are not engaged. And there's there's because there's there are numbers that there are things that prove that engaged employees are more productive, they're more innovative, uh, you know, they they deliver greater value as we talk about in agile all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the engaged employees make a difference to the bottom line of the company. Uh, so that's an important thing to to think about is what do you do with those managers? How do you help them and how do they then turn around and help their their team members? So you know, and, and uh, Kate, I was just gonna say yeah. the, the the one item that they talk about a lot, yeah, uh, and, and we've been teaching this in our classes, Kate, that and people are like, Yeah, I need to do that as a manager. And that is 80%, okay, engagement, even higher than 70, 80% employees that have had meaningful conversations with their manager on a weekly basis are engaged. Ah. But only 16% of of employees say that they've had that kind of conversation with their manager in the last several weeks. So if we summarize that, so if managers check in with their, their team members at least once for a meaningful conversation in a week, the standard engagement goes from 31% to 80%? Yes. That's a huge jump. It's, it for is. One on one, of one-on-one, for just meeting with somebody and having a chat. <laughs> and, and, but the key is meaningful conversation. This is not a status update. Yeah. This, you know, uh, I, I actually have an, a sample agenda for like a 30 minute one on one meeting. It is checking in with the employee. How are you doing? How are things going on in your life? Uh, what what do you what do you think is going well at work? What do you what do you need help with? How can I support you in that? Uh, what clarity of vision and, and what's going on do you need? You know, it's a conversation that's about the employee. Yeah. And that's got to, and that's got to reduce the overall level of stress as well. Absolutely, absolutely. If you look at the stress, uh, the five top five factors for the stress, they're all related to the manager. Really? Yes, they're all related Can... to the direct manager in terms of, but the manager can. They're related to the manager. The manager can fix it. Right. They can help it. Some of it's related to the organization, you know, direction and vision and stuff like that. But the manager has the most effect to the in, to the the frontline folks, the folks that are feeling that stress. So, what are some of the things that managers can do then to help with reducing the stress and and hopefully increasing the thriving and engaged numbers? Yeah. So the one on ones. Yeah. Are, are key. Uh, they can listen to their team members. And and, and, and here, let me put it this way. That there's, uh, I love this. The managers becoming, moving from being boss to coach. Yeah. That That's makes a big the, one. That's a big that, one. Yeah. And, and, and they listen. They encourage the teams. They encourage the teamwork. Make sure the employee knows that their opinions count. Make sure that the purpose of what they're doing is right there out in front so that it's like a rallying cry for everybody. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, uh, the fifth one that they talk about is strength-based team development, uh, making sure that everybody has a chance to do what they do best on a regular basis. And then and building teams to understand each other's strengths, which helps communication, because then you start to understand, why did Ryan react that way when uh, when we brought this up? Well, Ryan comes at it from this perspective. These are his strengths. He's how he thinks about these things. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, now I get that. So I can rephrase what I said a little bit to help Ryan be comfortable with what we're talking about and help him, you know, react in a positive way. And we can work together or knowing, hey, so-and-so has a has a real strength in focus. So when we, we need to be refocused as a team, uh, you know, Kate's got a real strength there. So she can help refocus us because that's her strength. And when Kate says we're out of focus, then we need to listen because that's something that she notices naturally. Uh, that kind of thing. Those are the kind of things that managers can help teams do, help employees do, that will help bring that engagement up, the stress down, the burnout feeling down, uh, that kind of thing. So what, do you have any any feeling for what trends we're going to continue to see going up or go down over the next year? Where's your crystal ball? My crystal ball? <laughs> um, I think that it's going to depend a little bit on getting the message out. Yeah. You know, I, I know, Kate, like in our, our Cal classes lately, we've been talking about this manager mm -hmm. one-on-ones and think about how many of the students put in their takeaway or the one thing they're going to do. I'm going to start having one-on-one -on -one conversations with my team members on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, you know, or I remember one said, I'm going to create an agenda for those, those calls, those talks, those face-to-faces I'm going to create an agenda so that it's about them and not about me or about the work. Yeah, I think that's the key. It's if we're hoping to increase the the engagement and that thriving group, if we're looking to reduce the, the disengaged, we're looking to reduce the stress and reduce the burnout, then we're managers, we're, we're now expecting them to be leaders. And it's really, we're talking about the leader as a coach. They're yeah, there absolutely. to coach their team. I mean, uh, Jeff and Ryan, all of us have talked multiple times, the transition from a more traditional leader where we're used to telling people what to do to the transition right. as gardeners. We are there to coach. We are there to grow our team members and help them reach their potential. Right. Right. I like Absolutely. it. I, I know that my team members always like when I have one-on-ones with them and I, I don't like to do it every week because I like them to do their development and I, I want to get them out of meetings, which sure. sometimes can be stressful. And it's just like, and I have some people who are just like, no, I'm good. And it's just like, I don't want to put that on them, but I do know that it's like, oh, it's been a while since we've chatted and it's, kind of drawing that fine line, like, you know, like a particularly on a scrum team. I don't know that I need to do that every week, but maybe every other week. Every yeah, and then I heard but, that from several people mm -hmm. that were at the summit that they said, or some of it was, you know, that's a commitment of time. Yes. And, and here's the problem. So many of our managers are so deep in the weeds. They don't have the time right. to put into this. And so a, a number of the folks that Kate and I were, were training they're saying, I got to make the time to do this. Yeah, I don't. Somehow I, I got to find the time. Yeah, and, you and can't. A couple of, sorry, yeah, a couple of folks said two weeks, is, it mm -hmm. works. Yeah. yeah. 
they can't afford not to find the time though because i mean yes ryan if you're doing it with your scrum team every two weeks and you're you're chatting to them for 30 minutes how much more productive does that make them the rest of the time even if you're doing it for 15 minutes every week i was just about to how say much that more productive yeah, I was just how about much to say more that productive are they if they're remote or remote most of the week like people need human interaction and yeah. it, like just having a fun conversation like what's going on what is it like where you are blah blah blah, blah, blah. and just having those conversations that we would have had in the office once upon a time, just sitting down and making that time with people like, yeah, it has to make people happier that they connected with another human being at some point during the day. Yeah. So the the key is getting managers out of the doing Mm. to, to, to be leaders for the organization, to be leaders and coaches for their teams. And they have to be trained how to do that. Yeah. how to lead, how how to care about their employees. Uh, they, need, they need clarity of vision from their leaders uh, you know, so that it's not totally on them. It, it needs to be, they need help. Yeah. Uh, right. They need to be supported. You know, I think though, Kate, the good news is the more this message gets out, the more people we can touch, the more people we can reach, the better the numbers is, the numbers are gonna be, the, engage, the engagement, the happier people are going to be, the better workplaces are we going to have, the more tied into the corporate culture, to the company's culture and stuff like that feel, people are going to feel. Uh, it, it's got to be something that, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, there's a, a top level that on these great companies, they buy into it, they know it, they they push these things all the way down, performance, uh, you know, of, of the, the managers, et cetera, is partly judged on how engaged are their teams, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, but there's also a grassroots, you know, you and I, the, the the folks that we train in our Cal classes, they can start to make a difference. Yeah. They can, you know, it, it it's one person at a time and start making that difference. There you go. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.